And um, really, as she's focused in on that piece, to struggle for that and, and to see if we can't do it. Because I think as we begin a new year, as we begin a new year, there are people, all, all of us, want something different than what's going on from last year, whether it's in our work, you know, or, or in the politics, um, the season of politics, you know. And perhaps our families need some things, and, uh, of course, we can't ever hardly talk on any conversation without mentioning the pandemic that's still going on. But I, I want to those things are things outside. I want us to, to think this morning on the spiritual um, growth that we should have this year. Um, and, and that's what I'm piggybacking on, on what Sue was saying, uh, that we need, to, um, we need to make this year the year that we have contact. I think every year we want to do something special that brings us closer to Christ. We try to do something. But this year I think we should um, do something uh, that is more powerful and stay focused the whole year uh, on, on getting closer to God. I think, I think as we think about it, sometimes we think uh, that we're really close to God and yet we're far away. Amen. I think we really do good when we when we come to church and and um, support things and do things and we think that that's all real good. Uh, I remember I remember Philip Yancey. Do you know him? Anybody know that author? He, he talked. He wrote a great book called The Jesus I Never Knew. And what it was was Philip Yancey was a great theologian, is a great theologian, and he had at that point thought he was close to God. He said in his book The Jesus I Never Knew. He said, I thought I had Jesus in my heart, and, and, uh, which he did, but he said, I thought I had a, a great relationship with him, and then I decided that I would try to get closer to him, and I found out how far away I was. And I think that happens with all of us, all of us. We, we get caught up in those things of the world and, and um, all the things that um, is being shoved at us that we get farther and farther away from our relationship with God. When God is doing everything he can, to have that relationship with us that's even closer than that. I'm suggesting that this year that we, we make a commitment in ourselves and as a church um, to, um, to connect or reconnect or just get closer with Jesus in a more personal way than we ever have done before. And I think, I think it's difficult, friends, because we learn from God's word, if you listen to it really close, that Jesus needs to be that central focus of our life, and that is extremely difficult. Matter of fact, it's impossible for us to do without us making a commitment to letting the Holy Spirit have its way in our lives. Being that Christian is about having that personal one-on-one um, -on -one relationship that can't be broken, you know? As you, we all know, 50 years together, I have a great story to tell, but if you want to hear a greater story, listen to Phyllis Ann. She'll tell you about the craziness of living with an insane person. You know? And we need to understand that the relationship begins when we, receive, when we receive him as our Lord and Savior, and not until then. So how do we follow him closer? How do we connect with him? I'm going to try to help you do that this morning. Let's see if we can do it and understand it. Um, I'm going to give you some thoughts about who he is and then why we should want to grow closer to him out of the Gospel of John. 
And it's in um, uh, today, and one little scripture that jumps out all the time at me um, is in John chapter 1, verse 29. It goes like this. The next day, John the Baptist, he saw Jesus coming towards him. Now, now, hang on to this. John the Baptist knew that he was not it. Amen? He, he knew that from the get-go. Never proclaimed to be the one to, to the, that the world was waiting for, but he knew that there was one coming, but he didn't know it. Okay? That's the key. You have, to, you have to read all of John chapter 1 to understand that. But he didn't know him. But anyways, he saw Jesus coming, and he, and he looked up, and I, I can't begin to imagine what he must have felt in his, in his heart, in his life at that time, and with all the people around him, you know, um, building him up and the Pharisees tearing him down and, and everybody, you know, using John the Baptist for their own, own good. And he looks at all those people and he sees Jesus walking along the bank up there. And he says, oh, oh my goodness. He says, I, can, I don't know. He, I don't think he said behold. You know what I mean? I think he got really excited and said, oh, golly, Ned's guys. You won't believe it. Here he comes. The Lamb of God who does exactly what I've been telling you all along, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Amen? That is the word of God for all of his people. Thanks be to God. Yeah. So if you have your Bibles, uh, keep them open to, to John 1, chapter 1. I'm going to just run through this real quickly. But I, I want you to know why we should draw closer to him. And the reason is, is because um, John tells us three things about him in his first chapter. He tells us a lot of things. But here he says mostly he wants us to get closer to God because he is the eternal God. He is the eternal God. Listen to it. In the beginning, in verse 1, in the beginning was the word. Let me give you the, the according to the Greek, halogos home. In the beginning was the word of God. Okay? And the word was with God, and the word was God. John says in verse 3 that through him all things were made, and without him nothing was ever made. And then if we don't want to believe John, then we go to the Hebrew writer, and he says, or she says, through him he made the universe. And then Paul says in Colossians, for by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. That's in Colossians chapter 1. Jesus, <coughs> Jesus is more than just a, a prophet, my friends. He's more than just a, a good teacher. He's more than just a, a human who did things right. Jesus is the eternal God, and we need to remember that. Secondly, John tells us that he's the light of the world. In verse 9, if you look at it, he says, The true light that gives light to everyone is coming into the world. Now, when he says the true light there, I don't think he's talking anything about a light bulb. I think he's talking about that Jesus is going to be the greatest teacher that ever lived. And he sheds light in the way that he walks and the way that he talks and the way that he shares um, God's grace with all of us. It's an amazing thing for us to 
to um, uh, believe that Jesus had that much to say. But if you listen to the last chapter of John, John says if there was uh, everything that Jesus did, if we put that in books, there wouldn't be a, big, a book big enough or lengthy enough to comprehend all of it. He is more than what we, can, we think. We see him as a great, a great healer, and we see him as a great um, um, redeemer. But uh, uh, in the midst of all that, he's the one that's healing and, and being redeem- our redeemer for the purpose of shedding the light, my friends, and that's it. Um, I think, I think um, John says it best in John chapter 7. He says, no one ever spoke the way that Jesus spoke. Mm. Luke says they were amazed. The prophet or the Pharisees and all the people around him were amazed at his teaching because his message had what we need, authority. Jesus even said himself, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Oh, my. And then he also said that the words I have spoken to you, are you ready? The words I have spoken to you are spirit, and they are life. They are life. I always remember, just real quick, and then search here. I always remember when Clint Eastwood, do you remember that old uh, older uh, movie of Clint Eastwood where he looks at that Indian and says, I speak to you words of truth and words of life? We're either going to die or we're going to live. It's up to you. Uh, anybody remember that show? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Josie Wells. Right. Um, Jesus says, the words I've spoken to you are truth, are spirit, and they are life. They are life, and they can give you life. And then he said, anyone who keeps my word will truly never die. I think he says they'll truly never see death in the way that we see death, okay? I think Jesus is the final word in everything, and that's the light that he's sharing that we need to grab a hold of. There's a third thing I think John tells us too is that he is the source of grace and truth. We need to find that in our lives to get through. In verse 14 it says, We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and true, truth. And then in verse 17, um, the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. I think, uh, I think what I'm saying to you is that, yes, Jesus is the greatest teacher. He is the God of everything. He is the God of creation, the God of eternity. Um, but he knew. He knew that we needed to have more than that understanding. He needed that we needed to understand that, that he came um, to give grace and truth, which meant he came to die for our sins so that we can then grow tr- closer to him and have that relationship. You see, um, we can want to be as close to God as we, we really truly seek and desire. And I think Philip Yancey was feeling that same sense, that he was close to God, but yet his, his heart wasn't really there. His heart was doing all the things that he needed to do to be a theologian and, and had God second place. Our problem is, is all of our problem is, is God is always second place because we have sin in our lives that separates us from him. We separate from him. He doesn't separate from us. We have to understand that. There's a gap between us and God. It has been since the garden. It will be till Christ comes back again. So um, when we talk about grace and truth, we need to know in our heart of hearts that we know not about Jesus, but that we know him as our Lord and Savior. Then we can have that contact. He, uh, I, 
I think if you listen to Jesus, um, he, he always says, I came not to be a healer, not to be, a, a, to be served. I, I came to be the Savior. He came knowing that he was going to the cross. In John chapter 13, if you read it then, um, that's when it was put on his heart. He, when he turned his face to Jerusalem, he knew exactly what was happening. He was going there to die. That's when Peter had a fit, if you remember. <laughs> but John, John begins his gospel, I think, telling us about Jesus as our, as our creator, our redeemer, our savior, as our light, as the one who gives us grace and truth. But um, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, on our side that we need to get to know him if we want to have that contact. We need to know him personally and then start building on that contact, on that personal relationship with him and have that contact that makes <coughs> where we get to know Jesus, you know? I don't know about all you folks. You, you've been together longer than a lot of you, than Phyllis and I, but um, I know her pretty well after 50, 50 years. Amen? We know each other pretty good. And, um, and that's what I want to, you know, I've been a Christian for 50 years, but uh, I, I still think I can get a lot closer to Jesus. I want to get closer to him. <laughs> I think he wants us to get closer to him. So let me share with you just a handful of things that um, I'm not going to say you have to do, but you should do. Our goal is to get closer to know, knowing Jesus and to learn about him and his life and, and spending time in fellowship with him every day, as, as Sue said. So how do we do that? Let me share with you just a handful of ways. I want to I um, challenge you, to, uh, in, uh, and you can add these on or do your own things, but I want to challenge you to just take this year and read the Gospels. Just read the Gospels out. <laughs> there's 89 chapters in the Gospels. I kept adding them up. I kept adding them up. There's 89 chapters. And if you read a chapter a day of the Gospels, you can th read through the Gospels four times this year. Okay? 89 chapters, one chapter a day. The idea is not to read it through four times. The idea is to read it and say, okay, okay God, what did you just say to me? Consume it. Consume it. If you read the Gospels four times this, this year, a lot of people probably haven't read the Gospels, period. Amen? Read it through four times. See what it does to your life. I think it changes you. And it's, it's, um, if you really want to encounter Jesus, that's where he's at in those Gospels. He's in the whole Bible, but you want to hear about Jesus, read those Gospels. I'll tell him. <coughs> Secondly, another one that's really good, I think that we should do, is, is watch some movies. Watch some movies about, you know, the passion of Christ, uh, Jesus of Nazareth, the greatest story ever told. There's just a ton of movies out there about Jesus right now. And, and they're all online. You don't have to go to the theater to watch them. They're all right there. <clears throat> and and um, a couple of them that I would really, right now, that I would, I would tell you about, there's one that's a series called The Chosen. Anybody watching it? Yeah. It's really good if you haven't watched it. The Chosen. I mean, it's excellent. And then the, another one that I just watched the other day is called I Am Israel. 
If you haven't seen that movie, get online and see it. It is Jesus that ever good. It's, not, it's talking about Jesus, but it's talking about Israel, talking about itself, about herself there. Um, here's a tough one if you want to do it, if you want to try to do it. Read an autobiography of Jesus. John Butler has a, a great one. I, I would commend it to you, but it will take you all year to read it. But it's very good, very good. Um, Donald uh, Sapato has one called The Hidden Jesus. Uh, Paul Johnson has one called a, a, a Biography from a Believer about Jesus. And then, um, if you don't know it, Chuck Swindoll. Chuck Swindoll has a series called Great Lives, if you've never seen them. He talks about Daniel, he talks about Moses, he talks about Esther, all in one book. And he has a great book on Jesus Christ. He has a great book on Paul. He has um, uh, all, the, all the major um, players in the Bible. He has uh, called, this, called the Great, great Lives series, but he has a great one. I think reading an autobiography about Jesus Christ is going to change your life because it tells you about who he is and how people see him. Fourth is um, to look at our music. Our music is very theological, very Christ-centered most of the time, isn't it? A lot of it. But here, here, I don't know if you've ever seen this book or not. It's called Amazing Grace, 366 inspiring hymn stories uh, uh, of um, uh, devotions. Every day, every day there's, a, there's a hymn in here, and it's one page. It's one page, but it tells you about that hymn, the, the reason it was written, the theology behind it. It talks to you all about it and, and shares with you all these things. This is a great book. I've probably given, I bet you, 15, 20 books, these books away. And somebody can have this one, whoever wants it. Whoever's first or last. <laughs> and I'll get Phyllis Ann another one. Yeah, <laughs> giving her book away. <laughs> and then, of course, the last thing that we can do, I think, is to shower over umbrella all that we've just talked about is to, to do what Sue was talking about last week, be in prayer. Talk to God in the strange places of your life when you're in the midst of a traffic jam, you know, or you're cutting hair, <laughs> or, or you're washing dishes, or you're, you're um, teaching, you know. Um, let God know you're, you're there and talk to him and let him know that you're having a, a good day and a bad day and a crazy day. Where you're at work or, or just sitting there watching watching um, TV. Phyllis Ann will look at me sometimes. Did you hear what they just said on TV? I said, no, I was watching it, but I didn't hear a thing they said. Because my mind is someplace else. I think if, if whatever you want to do, I just wanted to give you, I wanted to give us a handful of ways that we can do our best by learning about Jesus' life and who he is in our lives. By one day looking up and in our hearts, you know, we, we know about Jesus and we know him in our lives. But one day, just as John did, to look up and say, oh, gosh, there he is. And he's right close. Amen? Let's pray together. God, thank you. Thank you so much for this day that we can come and celebrate what you have done for us in this, this time of, of communion, this time of of remembering your love and grace in our lives. Help us to take it to heart today. Help us to find you as our Lord and Savior. Help us then
to connect with you in a powerful way. If we've known you for 50 years, help us to, to connect even more powerful today than we have ever before. Help us as our prayer, Lord Jesus Christ. We pray this today in your son's holy name. We just want to connect, Lord. Help us do that this year even more. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen? Amen.